0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good
1: morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, May 21st. Sexism and the San Diego craft brew scene. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The Department of Homeland Security said in a tweet on Thursday that non-essential travel across American borders, including the one here at San Ysidro, will remain restricted through June 21st. They say it's to combat the spread of COVID-19 and that the department is working closely with Canada and Mexico about easing restrictions as conditions improve. San Diego District Attorney Summer Stefan announced a new program on Thursday that aims to keep young people out of the criminal justice system.
2: Here's Stefan. It's an early intervention program that prioritizes diversion options for youth instead of filing criminal charges.
1: Diversions like therapy and monitoring services, Stefan says Black, Latinx, and indigenous youth will get the services they need from professionals who understand their backgrounds. The city of San Diego is celebrating five years of their Get It Done app. It's a phone app that you can use to quickly file a report about damage in the city, like potholes, needed tree maintenance, and graffiti. The city says the app has had over one million reports submitted. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Sexism in the craft brew industry has been in the headlines this week after Instagram posts by a woman who works in the industry went viral. Brianne Allen is a brewer at Notch Brewing in Salem, Massachusetts, and her Instagram handle is at ratmagnet. After experiencing sexist incidents at her job, she asked others about their experiences. She ended up getting a huge response, and she started reposting hundreds of stories from across the nation about sexist comments, sexual harassment, threats, and assault in the craft beer industry. And those viral posts ended up having real impacts in San Diego. On Tuesday, the CEO of Modern Times Brewing in San Diego, Jacob McKean, stepped down amid allegations of sexual assault and unsafe working conditions. Many San Diego breweries are now coming out in solidarity with women in the industry.
2: But for the women who work here in San Diego... Honestly, unfortunately, not many of us were shocked. Um, there is uh, so much of this that goes on in everyday life for women in the industry. Um-
1: That's Lexi Russell-Martin. She's an assistant brewer at Duckfoot Brewing in Miramar. She's also co-leader of the San Diego chapter of the Pink Boots Society, a nationwide organization dedicated to supporting and educating women in the craft beer industry. The thing is, sexism in the industry just isn't new, and some steps have been taken to combat it. In 2017, the Brewers Association added lines to its code of conduct to effectively ban sexualized names for beers and inappropriate images.
2: That banning actually really did help a bit. The problem is not every brewery is a part of the Brewers Association. And I think really we have been trending in the last several years in the industry as a whole to getting away from sexualizing beer. Um, And not only that, but just starting to accept that women are a part of this industry. Um, In the past, brewery um, operations have always been a boys club. And, you know, you would expect a middle-aged, white, affluent, bearded male um, to be your brewer. And that's very much changing these days. Um, We have so many, so many women in the industry these days. And we're kind of getting to the point where we have to force people to accept that we're part of this. And so far, she says, there's one thing that's missing, accountability. So many times these things happen, um, you know either in confidence or not, and nothing happens. And so our push now is we need to make sure that when these things occur, action's being taken and we can't let this go by the wayside any longer
1: can't go by the wayside any longer because women now own and run breweries in San Diego. Here on the podcast today is one of the co-founders of Mujeres Brewing, Estela Davila. Mujeres is an all-woman brewery founded in San Diego, South Bay. Their mission, like the Pink Boots Society, is educating and empowering women in the industry. Estela, welcome to the podcast. Thank
3: you so very much for having me.
1: So I'm wondering, have you personally experienced the type of incidents that Alan posted about in her Instagram page?
3: I'm sorry to say that all women probably in beer have. Uh, It's not an isolated incident and it's not something that uh, people in the beer industry are proud of, but it does happen.
1: Can you recount any personal experiences that you've had?
3: Uh, More than anything, it's just men tend to think that some of the comments that they say aren't... Uh, sexist or demeaning just like uh, I still get people I'm behind the bar uh, serving beers and I'll still get men that come in and say but you don't even drink beer you know why do they say that why why do they assume that or another one that I get is have you actually tried that beer I'm like yes I, I kind of work here I have tried all the beers here <laughs> so and I don't mean to like make light of it but it's just it's a daily thing that kind of occurs and and you get the, oh, why don't you smile more? Or, you know, you'd make better tips if you smiled more kind of thing. And it just, yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough sometimes. But I also want to point out that for the bad, there is a lot more good. So I just think it's maybe a little bit of lack of, of education. And maybe they just don't understand that what they're saying, you know, hurts people. But hopefully we're going to change that. And that's what we're trying to do at Mujeres.
1: What was your reaction when you saw these posts in the industry getting so much attention?
3: I I don't want to say I was glad about it, but I'm I'm yeah, I guess I'm glad that it's finally out there and people are aware of what does happen.
1: It it seemed to start a conversation. Exactly.
3: Yeah. And that and it it needed to be done. And conversations have been started before, but not to this level. There was incidents last year with Boulevard uh, Brewing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But it was along the same lines and that started the conversation, but it eventually did die down. And I don't think it's going to die down after this. It it can't die down after this, I'm hoping.
1: So it it did start this conversation. What have you been hearing just from uh, women you work with in the industry? What what have they been also saying?
3: I think we all feel kind of the same uh, sentiment. Uh, We're just we're glad that men are finally realizing to what extent it does go to because I think a lot of them just thought that they were comments here and there, but some of the stuff that's coming out is, it's horrific. And obviously a lot of these things, you know, we didn't know about. And I'm just, like I said, I'm happy it started a conversation and hopefully there'll be changes and it's not just a conversation. You know, I have seen a lot of breweries already post, uh, these are the steps that we're doing. We stand with women, but I hope it's not just them saying it. I hope it's actually them doing something about it.
1: So that kind of makes me wonder, like, when it comes to the next steps, are there any strategies that have been identified? like what what would change look like? Do you think?
3: Well, I think it it starts with getting everybody trained in sexual harassment. I know that's steps that we've we've taken here at mujeres, and at mujeres, we are a little bit different because it is only women here. and maybe we would we don't handle things the same way everybody else does because we've been about this since since the start. So this is a little bit different for for us being here. But at the same time, we're honestly thinking of having security here now uh, on on very busy nights and stuff, because sometimes guys do tend to get out of control and guys do tend to to say some things that are just inappropriate. And and after you've had one or two beers, I guess, you know, judgment is just not there.
1: Um, I was just going to ask if there is anything else that other types of things you do at Mujeres to prevent these types of incidents or, or things that you think could be implemented uh, beyond the sexual harassment training?
3: Well, we are very self-aware here and uh, we never have anybody... Working by themselves because of that, also just to kind of protect ourselves and just to be ready. We have opened the dialogue with the girls and said, you know, if there's ever anything that you guys need, if there's ever anything you guys want to talk about, please know that we're here for you. All the girls have my number. If they need to reach out to me, they also have Carmen, the co-founder's number, so they can reach out to her at any point in time as well.
1: As this conversation about sexism in the craft brew industry kind of evolves, and it's it's we're expecting it to keep going. Are there any specific issues you really personally want to see addressed, like anything specific that sticks out to you?
3: One of the things that I've always had a a problem with is I always debate what I wear before I come to work. And, um, just because, okay, if I, you know, bend down to grab something, you know, somebody going to say something, if I, you know, you know, um, I wish I could just wear what I wanted and not have to worry about that, but that's just something that we always have that we're conscious about. And, uh, that was one of the things that I saw so many women talk about that they get certain comments when they wear certain things. And, you know, I wish that wasn't, that wasn't an issue.
1: So let's talk about Mujeres. Um, It's an all-female brewery. Can you walk us through the origin story of Mujeres as a brewery? And what were the reasons you had or your inspirations for creating an all-female brewery?
3: Basically, um, it's been about two years now. And Carmen Favela, her and her husband own Border X Brewing. She had an idea where she just wanted to have something... For women in beer, but she didn't know what she married into the brewery when she married David so she doesn't she didn't know beer, and she wanted to learn more about it, but there was really no place for her to go and learn or you know talk about this, and we were mutual friends, so she reached out to me because she knew that I knew beer and I also do a beer podcast and you know beer festivals when we could do festivals. So I already knew about craft beer. And so she reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I have this idea. I, I want to do something, but I'm not sure what I want to do. And that's where we kind of decided we're going to do Mujeres Brew Club. And basically what we did was we would meet at Border X Brewing. Uh, we had monthly classes and the classes ranged from... Uh, the history of beer, to beer styles, all the way to actually making a beer. And it was supposed to be a six-month series, and we didn't know how many girls we were going to get. And like I said, this was just to bring more more women especially Latinas into beer and uh, the first class we sold out 25 tickets almost immediately so we added a few more added a few more added a few more and then we were up to 67 for the first class and you know both of us were in shock and uh, the classes just kept going month after month we made that first beer which is called Lunada Oaxaqueña And we actually have it on draft now because we made it again. So then we started another six month series because it was so popular and the girls were all like, hey, when are you guys starting this again? We want to do this again. And it got to the point where there's also a Border X location in Los Angeles in Bell. And they kept asking for it as well. So we launched a second club in Los Angeles and then COVID hit. So we couldn't meet anymore. We didn't have a space. We couldn't take away the space from Border X to meet because we would take up their entire beer garden essentially when we would have our meetings. And Carmen and I were just on the phone one day and she told me joking around, hey, we should take over that brewery that's closed and uh, that kind of is where it started. And uh, we're going to celebrate our one year anniversary and finally have a grand opening on June
1: 19th. <laughs> wow. So you guys like went for it during the pan? What was that like doing it during a pandemic?
3: It was crazy. <laughs> it was scary. But at the same time, we got this opportunity because of the pandemic. And we just kind of figured if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? So we just went for it. And luckily, it's it's been an amazing ride so far.
1: All righty. And I've been speaking with Estela Davila, co-founder of Mujeres Brewery. Estela, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up, there's been another deadly maritime smuggling operation, and Mexican elections are coming up. We'll have a look at the candidates and what it means for San Diego. We'll have all those stories next and weekend preview just after the break. It's happened again. Another deadly smuggling operation off of a local beach. Border Patrol spotted the boat near Point Loma at around 5 a.m. on Thursday morning. A short time later, lifeguards had to act fast near La Jolla to save people who were dumped into the water. KPBS's Melissa May has more. Lifeguards were notified of a vessel inside the surf with people in the water uh, needing assistance in La Jolla, off Marine Street.
4: Lifeguards rescued 10 people from the water there. Eight were taken to four local hospitals.
1: We were later notified that there was, uh, the vessel had washed up at Wipeout Beach near the Children's Pool, um, about a mile north of the original uh, rescue location. There was only one, one person near the vessel.
4: That person was pronounced dead at the scene. A total of 15 people were taken into custody. Earlier this week, authorities detained 23 people on another suspected smuggling boat. And earlier this month, three people died when another boat capsized off Point Loma. University of San Diego professor Ev Mead explains why migrants are getting desperate.
5: A regional refugee crisis in Central America, an economic crisis caused by the pandemic, and then a crisis in our immigration system where we have way more demand than we have ability to adjudicate cases. If you put all that together, um, you've got some really desperate people uh, who don't feel like they can wait um, and very, very little opportunity um, for them to come uh, in a safer way.
4: Mead says migrants are targeted by smugglers and unaware of the dangers.
5: You don't actually have the tools to make a rational risk assessment. What you have is a low-level representative of organized crime coming to you and offering you a service.
4: Passengers on previous boats were identified as Mexican and Guatemalan nationals. There's no word on where this latest group came from.
1: And that was KPBS's Melissa May. It's election time in Mexico, and Baja, California, will soon get a new governor. KPBS's Tanya Thorne tells us about some of the candidates and how this election impacts San Diego.
6: Thousands of offices are at stake in Mexico's upcoming election. Almost half of the country will elect new governors. Christian Dunn, a representative for the Morena Party, says June 6 will be a historic day for Mexican citizens to go to the
4: polls.
0: This is the largest election in the history of Mexico because it's a concurrent election. Before local elections were held one year and federal elections the next. For the first time, federal and local elections have been combined.
6: In Baja California, seven candidates are running for governor. Three of them are women. Rafael Fernandez de Castro, the director of U.S. Mexican Studies at UC San Diego, says three candidates are currently leading the polls.
5: And, uh, the one who is ahead in the polls is uh, Maria del Pilar, uh, which is the candidate of, of Morena, uh, the party in power, and she is currently the uh, mayor of Mexicali.
6: Pilar has been advocating for free drug rehabilitation increased salaries for police forces, and keeping an eye on crime by setting up 10,000 security cameras. Following Pilar in the polls is best candidate Jorge Hank Ron, who owns the Tijuana soccer team Los Cholos de Tijuana, as well as the largest sports betting company in Mexico, Grupo Caliente.
5: Who is a, a very controversial figure in Tijuana, in the entire Mexico.
6: Hank Ron has been rumored to be a suspect in a variety of money laundering investigations. His campaign message has been about providing security, education and development. Fernandez de Castro says Hank Ron may also be taking votes from another top three candidate. Well
5: people say that he's basically dividing and, and just uh, just limiting the chances of the coalition between pan and pre uh, who have Guadalupe Jones, a, a former Miss Universe.
6: Originally from Mexicali, Guadalupe Lupita Jones doesn't have much political experience, but says this is to her advantage as she says she is a true citizen candidate. She says she wants to create a model state for Baja California by creating a transparent government, stopping violence against women, and connecting Baja California with the rest of the world. Fernandez de Castro says Baja California could well be on its way to have the first woman governor, but voters first need to go out and vote.
5: And unfortunately, in Baja California has a much lower turnout rate of voters than in other states.
6: Fernandez de Castro says in the last governor election, only 29% of Baja Californianos voted. In comparison, 64% of California voters participated in the 2018
4: gubernatorial election.
0: In this election, our biggest rivals aren't the competing parties. It's getting people to go out and vote and gaining their trust.
6: We asked Mexican citizens at the San Ysidro border if they were participating in the upcoming elections and everyone shared similar sentiments as Brian Contreras.
0: I don't plan on voting every time a new government takes off, as everything stays the same. We don't see the change.
6: Contreras works at an Amazon facility in Chula Vista and lives in Tijuana. Fernandez de Castro says this election will have an impact on San Diego.
5: There's a a very important integration happening uh, here. It's not only on the economy. It's it's tourism. It's social. There's a lot of uh, family ties.
6: He says the connection between the U.S. and Mexico hasn't been taken advantage of due to poor government, but this election could shift that.
5: And what are the personalities will ensure that Baja California gets its house in order and profits and takes advantage of being next door to California, again, the single richest state in the
6: U.S. The elections will take place on Sunday, June 6. The candidate with the most votes will become governor of Baja California on November 1. And that reporting from
1: KPBS's Tanya Thorne. before I let you go, we have Julia Dixon-Evans here with her top picks for local arts this weekend. Here's Julia.
7: This weekend in the arts, we have a few different types of outdoor performances for you. First is Other Times, Other Places, which is a set of dance performances from San Diego Dance Theater taking place on the brand new outdoor stage at Arts District Liberty Station. This performance is part of the larger Dances in the Air Fest, which is a collaboration between San Diego Dance Theater, Malashock Dance, and San Diego Ballet, and that will run with more performances through mid-June. For this first one, they're bringing together Gene Isaacs' Phantom Bodies Revisited. That work was originally centered on the AIDS pandemic, but Gene Isaacs has tweaked it for the COVID era. And they're also bringing in Terry Wilson's 2020 work June. called Words okay. Move,
3: you know how this
0: is.
7: Which is set to and inspired by poetry, like this one, If you forget me by Pablo Neruda.
3: If I touch near the fire the ash or the wrinkled body.
7: They're also performing Kamla Samfan's purposely accidental and bringing in a guest artist and choreographer, Rosanna Tavares, who will perform a brand new work, Milonga Mia. These performances will take place Friday and Saturday at 6.30 and Sunday at 2.30. Next, the San Diego Master Chorale will perform on Sunday evening at the Water Conservation Garden at Cuyamaca College, which is worth a visit anyway. The program will feature two compositions that are about the importance of the environment and conservation. That's To Stir Up Our Wits by Greg Brown, which is part of the larger work Vidi Aquam, or I Saw Water, and Libby Larson's We Pray to Be at Peace, which is from Missa Gaia, or Mass for the Earth. We're bookending these with interpretations of Langston Hughes poetry by two living black composers, Rollo Dilworth and Andre J. Thomas. San Diego Master Chorale uses the shape note singing tradition, which has origins in congregational or folk singing. This performance is Sunday at 7 p.m. and it will eventually be aired as a virtual concert, but you'll have to wait until June. And the San Diego Symphony will finally get to perform in their brand new bayside outdoor venue, the Rady Shell at Jacobs Park. But we'll all have to watch it from home. The symphony will break in the stage with Wagner's very moving Siegfried Idol, as well as Mozart's popular Jupiter Symphony. The show is called What's That Sound? First Music from the Shell, and it streams Friday at 7 o'clock. And as a bonus, Saturday is World Goth Day, so if all of this outdoor art is giving you some sort of emotional hay fever, you might be interested in Robin Roth's goth DJ set at the Casbah Saturday evening beginning at 7.30 p.m. Food purchases are required, and you need to wear a mask if you leave your table. For more arts events or to sign up for my weekly KPBS arts newsletter, go to kpbs.org slash arts.